Hi, welcome to the Av Church Podcast, where we talk about faith and real-life issues. We hope this challenges you to think a little bit deeper and encourages you on your journey through life. We're happy you joined us today. Now let's get talking. Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Uh, we got the whole Tracy family up in here, basically. Oh, we, do. <laughs> we got Jake Tracy. Yo. We got Raina. Hello. And say hi, Kristen. Hey there. That crispy cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, crispy cat is her her actual name, and she is the mother of Jake Tracy. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about something important. I think that even myself have been in- ignorant to, and I've seen it in my life, especially from you, Crispy Cat, because you'll text me like every year, or whatever, like, "Hey, camp's coming up," or "The foster camp's coming up." Like, so you could sign up here, you could do this, you could do that, you know. And I'm sure that's like a, a, a underlying theme. I think, or I think that's an underlying theme in just a lot of issues. But today we're talking about foster youth. And I think it's that theme of like, oh, yeah, it's there, but you haven't really opened your eyes to it, I guess, fully. So it's like, oh, yeah, we could uh, like I'll my, I might think of the cam. This I'm calling myself out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, but I think that's a, a general underlying theme in probably a lot of people's life uh, to a lot of issues, like I said. But today we're talking about uh, foster youth. So um, we're just going to talk about that right now. And I'm going to start by asking you, Crispy Cat. Because she she's done some amazing things just for foster youth. And then she has three amazing uh, kids in her own life who um, she's adopted. So do you want to just talk about that and maybe how that situation started or how that unfolded? Yeah. So um, I volunteer with an organization called Royal Family Camp. And we take kids that are in the foster system to camp for a week in the summertime. And all three of the kids that um, we've adopted all came from that camp. They were all campers at one point, and we met them through there. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And um, through all of that, I guess, uh, what are some things that maybe you'd like to shed some light on or maybe even just talk about? Because um, I've seen you have this like kind of conversation or try to bring it up, and it's like getting steam and then comes back getting steam and comes back and i'm sure this year was even a huge blow too like with covid i know camp didn't um happen this year so i don't know uh, what are some challenges or maybe what are some things that people don't even realize or or know um about foster youth or about um just attending a camp like that yeah i think um you know there's at least 400,000 kids that are in the foster system at any given time in the united states and um 200,000 to 250,000 enter the system every single year. And of those, 20,000 will age out without ever getting adopted every single year. Mm -hmm. And so really, like for my husband and I, our heart is really for the kids that are going to age out. Mm -hmm. So our kids that we adopted, um, two of them were... 11 when they moved in um and then our daughter was 10 i think so we all our kids that we adopted were older Mm -hmm. at the time they moved in um and i think people don't realize that if kids age out of the foster system that the odds that they are going to end up either being um homeless or in jail or if they're a girl that they're going to end up pregnant are really really high like 70 80 percent so um yeah, I mean, it's insane to think about that that's where they're going to end up if they don't, if somebody doesn't do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me because I feel like as um, Christians, as the church, we're really getting this one wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, all through the Bible, God says, take care of the orphans. Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I remember even when we were praying about it, like, should we, should we not, should we? And I would do that whole like, God, show me, show me, should we do this? And then like, I'm reading my Bible and he's literally like, why do you keep praying to me? Like I've put it everywhere in yeah. here. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's not even something we need to pray about. Like he's told us to take care of the yeah. orphans. He's told us, you know, that pure religion in his sight, yeah. you know, is to take care of the widows and the orphans. And so... Yeah. um, it's something that's really hard to do. And I think yeah. that we shy away from it because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about, because uh, I think it's a great story. And the verse that she's talking about is James one twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's such a great story because I remember it started with just Caden. 
(laughs) (laughs) So I remember there's just a, it was a hoops to jump through and Mm -hmm. a lot of things uh, to get Caden. And then he was kind of, he got there. You guys adopted him. Mm -hmm. He got there and it was like, oh man, that's, that's amazing. That's great. Then I I think it was you or Jim, who's uh, Kristen's husband, but one day it was either you or him were like, yeah, I think we're going to adopt two more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Caden, um, we, so when I was at camp one year, I had been talking to someone who adopted his biological sister Mm -hmm. and just telling them how great I thought it was that they had adopted her, um, their camper and whatnot. And he just looked right at me and he goes, yeah, that's great. Do you know anyone that would adopt an older child? Because we're looking for someone to adopt her biological brother. And I said, oh, I don't, I don't know. I'll keep my ears open. (laughs) 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 And um, so after that, like he kept like messaging us or approaching us. He's like, when my wife and I pray about it, it's you. And I'm like, well, that's great, but you need to pray that my husband wants to do this because Uh it wasn't on his radar Uh at the time. And so we ended up deciding to adopt him. And Uh um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy process. You know, it's never easy. It took us uh, nine or 10 months to even get placement of him. And right after he moved in, we or no right before he moved in can't exactly remember but we went to camp again and um my daughter Janie was a camper and she was in my cabin and she was not my camper but when it came time to mentor every time i prayed about who i was going to mentor one of my two girls i didn't see one of my two girls i always saw Janie, which was really weird because it wasn't like i was hanging out with her much or anything like that because she was super quiet uh-huh. but anyway i decided to mentor her and so Caden moved in in like september and within a month or two Janie and david went up for adoption and mm-hmm. their caregiver approached us about like hey would you consider and <laughs> i love Caden to death but he is a hard hard Mm -hmm. kiddo Mm -hmm. and so i was like uh no (laughs) (laughs) no No, thank you and so um some things went on they were supposed to get adopted by someone else it fell through they called again and long story short like my husband was the one now who just looked at me and said somebody has to do something Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah girl's tired what a boss (laughs) i did i was like statement yeah i was just like I don't, I don't think I can do any more that I'm doing right now. And you have to understand that like mm-hmm. kids from the foster system come with, you know, you're going to uh, social worker appointments and you're going to therapy appointments and you're going to, you've got social workers coming to your house. And so it's a lot, mm-hmm. but here we are. So they're all three R's now. <laughs> and it is a riot in that house. <laughs> It's a fun house. It's so fun. It really is. It's fun. It's great. Is it? Is it fun? <laughs> it's fun, but I, yeah, I leave at the end of the day. You know? That's true. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. And and I think um, what you talked about, just like therapy appointments and mm-hmm. just things that go along the way, I think that's probably what deters a lot of people, I'm sure, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it is. It's hard. It's not easy. Um, but... I mean, really, when you live out the gospel, to me, that's going into the dark and broken places. Like, that's mm-hmm. what puts the gospel on display. Um, we're very comfy and we're very, uh, you know, like, so Jimmy and I, honestly, Jake was about to move out. He was engaged. And so he was going to move out um, and move in with his soon-to-be wife when they got married. Hey, so, so we were six months away from being empty nesters <laughs> so close so <laughs> close um it hurts to even think about it but um so that's hard i mean people will say to me oh i'm too old to do that no you're not people will say to me like oh i couldn't do what you do yes you can you could um what about like uh people that are like oh i can't afford to do that right now so when we uh, when we filled out the application to adopt Caden or to even get placement of him just to get licensed, 
uh, Jimmy was unemployed. And so that was like on paper to anybody. It looked absolutely ridiculous that we would do this. Mm -hmm. But it was like we knew like we had prayed about it and we knew. And of course, like God being God shows up and he ends up with a job like partway through that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's. Well, I was going to say, but there's also like the state helps with it as well. Yeah. Foster care. Yeah. I mean. They do. And don't, I mean, you're going to, it depends on how much things cost. Right. I mean, I spent a whole lot of money on therapy right well, yeah, now. I'm sure. but, um, <laughs> but I think, I think it's just for, but yes, yes. for people who like might be on the bubble that are uh-huh. like, we could, might be able to do this, mm-hmm. but maybe it's a little bit, it's like, it might be refreshing or a little bit of a push over the, yeah. over the edge to be like, okay, hold on. They're going to help a little mm-hmm. bit too. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, maybe that, if that's the case, it might yeah, be for sure. able to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you talked about this stat on a podcast a while ago. What is it if like every third Christian family or what is it? It's if one family out of every three churches in America, correct? Mm -hmm. One out of every three. One out of one family. So out of three churches, one family Mm. adopts a child that we would no longer have a foster system. Yeah. Or it would be... They it would, would eradicate... I mean, that would take care of all the kids that are currently in the system. One yeah. family out of one. every wow. three in America. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And yet, the Bible says, true religion <laughs> mm-hmm. in the sight of God is the widows and the orphans, yet mm-hmm. here we are, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people are afraid too. They think... Um, like, honestly, the things that I hear all the time are, like, I couldn't do what you do. Um, even Even, like, volunteering with the camp and stuff, like or fostering or like I would I would fall in love with them. It would be too hard. And I'm like <laughs> that's, that's the weird literally because they're afraid of their own heart. Mm-hmm. They're afraid yeah. of like so if I were to foster someone and then they reunify or if I were to go to oh, camp okay. and get get so connected to these kids mm-hmm. um then my heart's going to be broken. And the truth of the matter is your heart will be broken, but it Mm -hmm. should be broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've just reconciled the fact that I can't tell you many kids that I have become attached to and loved and mentored that I've then either never seen again, or I'm aware of where they are and what their situation is. And so, I mean, I've had to reconcile the fact that I will basically live with pieces of my heart that will always be broken. Mm -hmm. But these kids deserve to be loved in a way that it breaks your heart if they leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so people tell me like, oh, I couldn't do it because my heart would be broken. Or um, I I hear all the time, like, I couldn't do it because I'm too old. And I I just look at like Caleb, right? Like, give me the mountain. I'm as strong now as I was, you know, when Mm -hmm. I was young, when he's 80. Like, I just look at that. Like, I don't know where we decided that somewhere along the way we get to retire at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm so a retired true. Christian actually. <laughs> All that sounds like so selfish. Like mm-hmm. like well it would break my heart. Yeah. But it's like well they're worth it to have to give them one good week. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it for yeah. them. Like if to go you to camp. Stop mm-hmm. looking at yourself for one second. And also, you might say like, "Oh, I don't know, like I'll, I'll fall in love with them." But the second day, you're pretty tired, and you're probably looking forward to go home, going home anyway. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, <laughs> so true, so true. I don't know, man. I just think like that's wild. I like what you said though. Like, I'm retired. <laughs> like, it's too old for me. I'm t- this is it. But yeah. it's kind of like what we talked about yesterday, where it's like people forget that two things. People forget that. Their, the Holy Spirit is a real thing. And mm-hmm. they forget that God mm-hmm. is moving and he's active, right? That he's mm-hmm. not just a Dylan, handle it, a Jake, handle it. It's like, no, we're going to handle this together. I just need you to do this part and I'll do my part, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of where it really is. But the other thing too is people are so, not afraid, but they want to avoid any inconvenience. No one wants to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. at all, you know? Mm-hmm. But the truth is that like what's inconvenient to us is more often than not blessings to others, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that the lifestyle of somebody who follows Christ is honestly a life of inconvenience. And it's a life that is putting other people above yourself. And especially when the Bible says clearly that widows and orphans, namely specifically, mm-hmm. um, are to be taken care of. It's like, 
what do you say to that? You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm talking to myself as well too, where it's like it says that and there's no I don't I don't know. It's very convicting. It is. And it yeah. just it just goes back to uh when Jesus picked the disciples and he's like, Hey, you're gonna be persecuted, uh, you're gonna be beaten, mm-hmm. you're gonna be imprisoned. And he's like, but let's let's handle this. Come on, and, mm-hmm. the, and they're like, what? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it, it just it's the claim that oh, Christianity is an easy life, and Jesus is like, uh. like Christianity is the cop out. Yeah, it's like you know, if it's meant lived right, it's the most inconvenient thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we, um, you talked about it earlier too, like just praying a lot, which pray prayer is absolutely powerful. I'm not mm-hmm. negating that or anything at all, but a lot of times or all the time God's like, I'm hearing your prayers and I'm clearing the way for you, but walk that path. You know, you got to get up and walk that path. And I think we um, don't take that into consideration a lot, myself included. Are you going to say something? Well, I think that um, we pray about it and then we don't walk the path. and, And I believe that when it comes to orphans and the, the and make no mistake like i think that the united states foster care system is our modern day orphans and mm-hmm. so absolutely i think that the spiritual warfare that goes on there um we we don't see how powerful it is and what i think is that the enemy knows that, like this is low hanging fruit for him mm. um these kids are abandoned neglected abused, most often living in a home where nobody is teaching them, loving them, showing them, uh, giving them any sort of support. And so the enemy's like, oh, this is mine. And clearly he's right because, I mean, the statistics on kids aging out are are terrible. And so he knows that this is his. So when we start praying about stepping into his battlefield, when we start stepping into what he believes is his territory, mm-hmm. I think he really comes at it. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just like, oh no, like this is my, this is my easy pickings. Yeah. Yeah. You're not coming in here. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be lying if I said that I don't, f- I know for sure that my husband and I have chosen to live a life in spiritual warfare. Like we're going to be attacked. It's mm-hmm. going to happen because we're not, I mean, I don't know if we'll adopt any more kids, but we won't stop. Mm-hmm. We won't stop being in this arena we yeah. won't stop i don't know what the next step looks like but uh-huh. i mean we've talked about it before like oh maybe when these kids grow up and move out we'll take a vacation before we move on to the next <laughs> you know <laughs> we'll take a week off <laughs> maybe we'll you know because i just again i don't i don't see retiring from this mm-hmm. i don't see that ever being something that we do like we'll be involved in one way or another and mm-hmm. so um, when the enemy comes at us, which happens all the time because he would love nothing more than to break up our family, mm-hmm. um, we both are very aware that that's what's happening. Mm. And so I think when people start praying about it, it's like, yeah, this sounds great. I mean, I'll tell you, anyone who signs up to go to camp for a week will tell you that from the time they put their application in till the time camp comes, they're going to lose their job. They're going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. Like Something's going to happen. It's insane gonna be how hard reason. the enemy tries to get you mm-hmm. not to go and not mm-hmm. to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, even take a look at this here. It's like it's the camp is such a big thing, mm-hmm. I know, for mm-hmm. those kids and it's mm-hmm. not happening, you know? It's not. I mean, we went around and visited them and we dropped off like camp in a bag. But yeah, it's not the same as mm-hmm. them getting a week away, a week away from social workers, a week away from therapy, a week away, Mm -hmm. a week where everybody is a foster kid. So they're Mm -hmm. completely normal and they're Mm -hmm. not, you know, the only person who's in the foster system. Yeah. Uh, And more importantly, like a week learning about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I I know Destiny told me a story because she went one year and one of the workers at the camp, um, when he was younger, he went to something like Royal Family Kids Camp and then he told her and it, it like really struck a chord in her. And when I heard it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. But he said like those weeks is literally, those we- like that week is literally what got him through the year, mm-hmm. you know, as a foster youth. Mm-hmm. And wow. that's, that's insane. And he said he my looked My kids will tell you it. that too. Mm-hmm. And they really? still, I mean, they're adopted and, you know, but they still talk about camp oh, all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they moved in, um, 
my kids didn't come with very much and but all of them had their memory books from camp and we still sit and go through the memory books <laughs> all the time they want to look at them they want to look at who they knew and their friends and being there and their mentors and yeah it's really powerful when people step in and say like i see you i love you you matter god hasn't forgotten mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. and i i just think getting involved in any way that's what you're telling them mm-hmm. yeah so and one of my favorite things about it is like it's telling them that it's okay to be a kid. Like just yeah. just be a kid for a while. Don't worry about taking care of your siblings. Don't worry about like just go shoot a bow and arrow or yeah. whatever it is, you know, yeah. like, just just be a kid. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a, I don't know. It's like one of those easy things where you're like, oh, they're just having fun. They're just messing around. And it's like, yes, they're just having fun and mm-hmm. messing around. They don't do that throughout mm-hmm. the year, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think something that's important to note because People may get overwhelmed, you know, when you look at it as a whole. But I found that breaking it down myself is because you said there's about four hundred thousand in the nation at any time. And what what was the number that get added every year? So about every year, two hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand enter the system, and so it ends up being that there's between four hundred thousand and five hundred thousand in the system at any given time because mm-hmm. you have kids that get adopted, kids that uh, reunify, go home to their biological parents, and so it's kind of a mm-hmm. revolving, moving parts. But yeah. at any given time, that's what's in the foster care system here. Okay, and then yeah, so I was looking it up and just to break it down, so there's like two point three million people who live in the Riverside. Uh, county and there's about 10,000 foster kids in um the county of Riverside, right? Let Be- that sink in. Yeah, that oh that that's crazy gosh. to me because I think like movements and as a whole like just get started in your backyard first, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you obviously wholeheartedly believe in. Mm-hmm. And I think um the fruits of just everything that you're doing is not even fully seen at all right now, you know, because uh just personally like you've inspired me and I've you've, you've inspired uh mm-hmm everybody around you you know everybody and i bug you yes and it's <laughs> yeah. a, and it's amazing and it, it's needed yeah i don't even say anything i just send him the link yeah <laughs> like no words <laughs> my name already filled out just sign it <laughs> just sign and show up can you imagine though if like we were able at one point build to say like okay riverside county has zero yeah and i think i brought like that up because it's important to realize there's 2.3 million people in the riverside county there's about ten thousand foster youth even like, cause my mom has, has worked with like foster youth for years now, um, being a social worker and like, she's been working from home lately. And I just hear her like this week, she's on the phone at 11 o'clock at night because they have, uh, one of their foster girls there with one of her workers. Cause they can't find anyone to take her in that night. And it's like, no one can take her like out of all 2.3 million yes no one can take her tonight so there's a worker there waiting with her at 11 o'clock at night and they're trying to figure out what to do with this girl it's just insane and this is something that i hear all the time it's not Mm -hmm. like oh it's a crazy situation but it's like something that it happens all the time so there's Mm -hmm. not even enough foster families let alone people actually adopting Mm -hmm. yeah it's true yeah i mean I'm part of a group um, of like moms that have fostered or adopted or are doing both or whatnot. And the requests that I see on a daily basis and like one just last week that just just killed me was like a teenage girl and she was going to have a cesarean that day. She um, was a victim of human trafficking. Mm. And when the cesarean was over, she had nowhere to go. And I mean, if I it, like I went and showed it to my husband, like, uh, we're going to need a bigger house. Can <laughs> you build another room? Oh. He's already um, built one room. But I mean, that kills me because that's where I just feel like the church is getting it wrong. Like, I I, I get it. We're all worried if the doors are going to close and can we open and can we hold church? But part of me is like, great, close the doors, go do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it. It is just, it's heartbreaking to me that someone like that, that we can't come alongside her and say, you know what, I can give you a place and I can mentor you and I can help you, mm-hmm. you know, learn to be a mom or do whatever you need to do. And um, I, I just see so many Christians that are like, 
oh, I went on a mission trip 20 years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> great, you know, or that's me. Let's basically. Hold on to that. <laughs> or I used to. And I don't know. I just think it breaks God's heart. Like here, here are all these people that need me right in front of you. And think about this, like every child you take into your home um, as a Christian, you now have the opportunity to bring them up in Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's just another opportunity to share the gospel. That's mm -hmm. another opportunity for them then to be able to go share the gospel. Like the difference you're making um, if you never, if the movement never went any further than like just you stepping out and doing what God calls you to do, it still is going to multiply mm -hmm. through your children mm -hmm. and through who they then tell about Christ. And, and that's not even the people around you. I probably get a call once a week, once every other week now of people asking me mm -hmm. questions on adoption or on foster or how can I do this or how could I do that? I have people that call me and say, hey, my friend wants to maybe adopt. Can you help? Mm -hmm. You know, and that just that's increasing all the time. Like I'm taking those calls like every week now, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so um, I think what you talked about is so perfect about how everybody like we need to reopen. We need to do that. And God's like, well, let's do something just in general. And I'm not saying like, oh, we need to close for it. No, I'm not. Saying right. That. And I'm, I'm not, not either. Let's get that straight. But um <laughs> That's something that's big that uh, was has been in my heart for a long time. And honestly, during this time, it's kind of been getting, uh, it's just spiritual warfare like I talked about. Like, I've kind of forgotten that, you know? And I think we just as a people, like, have forgotten that um, in our everyday lives, you know? Because there's so many opportunities to serve people, to care for people, to care for the orphans, to do God's work. But... Um, we focus on the routine. We want our routine back. Mm -hmm. You know, we want mm -hmm. that back. But hey, God's like, you got to do it a different way right now. And, yeah. and it's also one thing that I've I've noticed this about churches too, where it's like a lot of times we as Christians want to wait for our church to do something and then mm -hmm. we'll jump in on it. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, our church offers this. So we do this now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, what if your church doesn't offer this? Yeah. You're just not going to do it, you know? And Again, I'm not here to call anybody out because I'm, I'm obviously in the same boat, but it's just one of those things I think we've gotten backwards. We, we've twisted that a little bit to where we've almost restricted ourselves into, well, whatever, you know, this leader decides to do is my limitations, mm -hmm, you know? Right. It's like, wait, hold on. You have the whole world to take care of. Like, go. Mm -hmm. Get out of here, you know? Which is funny because I always knew that I wanted to volunteer in some capacity when it came to like foster youth. And so... When um, when I heard that another church in our area had this camp, um, I just went on and filled out an application. And so I went with another church and I didn't know a soul. Mm -hmm. And if you know me, that's really uncomfortable <laughs> for me. Um, and even driving there the week we were going to go to camp, I had called my husband and I said, why did you let me do this? Like, <laughs> I'm going to throw up. I do not want to go to this camp anymore. And And so now we have, you know, depending on the year, 15 or 20 people from our church that go with us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've kind of partnered now with with that church. And so I think you're right. Like you can look for the opportunity. You don't wait for something to present itself. Mm -hmm. Ministries get started because somebody starts Someone them. Doesn't. Yeah. You, you know? don't have to wait for permission no, to do what the Bible says. No, yeah. go, go find it. Go do what you mm -hmm. got to do. And it's yeah. just essentially what when Jesus uh, died and he showed himself to select few, that's basically what he's saying. He's like, there's something more powerful coming. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit's coming on its way to help you out. Like, there's something better, you know, mm -hmm. to, to empower you in your everyday lives to do something, to to really go after God's kingdom and do what he says. Yeah. So, like, Jake and I will joke because I see things very black and white. Mm -hmm. Like, Is that where Jake gets it from? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I mean, I do. I see things very. And so. You should see when we disagree, though. <laughs> That would be interesting then. It's, it's wild. That should not be a podcast. <laughs> it puts people in a bad mood. You carry that well though, Chris, Crispy Cat. I'm going to say because you have a lot of grace too. Really? Because so. that... Yeah. Don't you make do. that face. No, I was you saying because do. I don't. Because oh. you feel also. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm always afraid that I don't have enough grace because I I do see things very black and white and I and I 
I see that God told us to do this and, um, and, and I don't see anywhere where it was like a calling or, um, it was only for certain people Mm -hmm. or that maybe it was a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he makes it really clear. This is what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it is hard for me because I see things as black and white and, and I'm one of those people that if I feel like the Holy Spirit's told me to do it, I just go do it. And then mm. afterwards, I'm like, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> but I kind of just go straight into it, you uh, know? Um, and and I just think, though, yeah, it's hard, but God's honored it, yeah. you know? But you yeah. made a great point right there. I don't think you meant to, but you did. She did. <laughs> but She meant to. But when you said, I just do it, and then I go, oh, where people feel like that, oh, what did I just do moment? Like, does not speak to the call. Like, you know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. someone might be like, well, maybe I wasn't supposed to do this because it was inconvenient. And like what you're saying is, no, I did this knowing it's going to be inconvenient. Mm -hmm. I hit the inconvenient, difficult parts. And it's, yeah, it's still from God, you know? And it doesn't mean you're going to feel great after. Yeah. There's there's (laughs) no promise of unicorns and butterflies in doing the will of God. No, I mean, honestly, like our our life is beautiful, but our life is very hard. Mm -hmm. I mean- Last Sunday, I sat with one of my kids who told me a memory that he had. And I mean, I sat there with tears going down my face, trying to wipe away tears to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to like get through it. And I mean, there is no other way to say that it just sucks. Mm -hmm. Like they come from trauma Mm -hmm. and trauma makes kids have bad behaviors and trauma uh, makes them hurt. And trauma makes them do things that you might not understand. Mm -hmm. And so on a daily basis, I deal with three different kids, all processing trauma, all processing griefs at different times and different rates in different ways. Um, And it's hard. But, you know, like today I was coming here and they know that I hate doing things like this. (laughs) So um, Janie's like mom, I can go with you and sit in the corner and give you a thumbs up and like encourage you. And David walks down the hallway and like fist pumps me. He's like, good luck. You're going to be great. And then Caden like opens up his window and yells out when I'm getting in the car. Good luck, mom. You're going to do great. You know, so the flip side of it is my life is also beautiful. It's hard. I'm going to start crying. I know. It's hard, but it's also really great. And it's like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where like this, this kid is processing all this like on, like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. What if you weren't there? Yeah. You know, and there's so many people who those kids aren't going to process their thing, mm-hmm. whatever it might be that mm-hmm. trauma to anyone because in their mind, no one cares. Mm-hmm. No one wants, I'm, I'm an inconvenience. I'm going to bother you. I don't. And you know, that's just a kind of a typical mindset of like, I don't want to bother anybody. I'm just going to keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. And if people don't, and Christians, I'm going to say if Christians don't step up, then every single day there's more people that are leaving this system with that mindset and adding to the statistics, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like a pretty brutal thing. Yeah. When you really like really think about and process what that means, it's like... But where in the where in scripture do you see that people went into ministry and it was just an easy road? Mm-hmm. It was just Dude, oh, they get their heads cut off. Right. Unreal. I mean, some days that sounds better, but <laughs> <laughs> better than soccer practice. <laughs> no, I love soccer practice. I love soccer practice. But oh, um, you have steps. Yeah, yeah. I get to walk. Yeah. Um it, it's not easy, but it, I, I mean, we're just fooling ourselves if we think it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think a lot of people too will sit around and pray about their calling, like, God, what's my calling? And, you know, that's like such a word in Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's his calling. Or I don't know that this is my calling. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I don't know that this is my calling. I just know that God told me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I do it. And I always am like, but that doesn't mean I can't 
you know, if he wants me to go feed the homeless, I'll go feed the homeless. It's not like this is my calling. Right. So this is all I can do. I have to stay in this area only. This yeah. is my swim lane. This is one of the things where you don't have to stay in your lane. Like mm-hmm. whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to go do. I, I wish he'd stop telling me to do things <laughs> right now. It's already written. You can't really get rid of it. Yeah. No, but people ask me all the time, like, are you going to adopt more? And I say, I, I never say no, because I don't know what God's going to ask me to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope not. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's also encouraging just to know that it's it's okay if it gets difficult like it's okay it if will it's hard. get difficult right that's what i'm yeah, saying and it, it that will. doesn't mean anything is wrong it's just part of you know god the christians are are to be strong in these things mm-hmm. and that's what he's trying to say is like there's things that only christians you guys need to be you guys need to be everyone can do it don't get me wrong but christians you guys are the are honest truth this. is that when you go into this you will think oh, I'm a pretty decent person and I can raise these kids and whatever. (laughs) And you will find out just how ugly you really are. Mm. The days will get really hard and you will find out just how bad you need a savior. Mm. And I mean, I probably go to bed every single night asking God, like, I'm going to need you to do this through me. Mm -hmm. I need you, you know, I'm going to need you to show up. This was your idea. So if you could... uh, join me here. That'd be great Mm because I feel like I'm messing it up every day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for people who know my kids, they'll all say like, oh my gosh, the difference is night and day. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, it doesn't necessarily feel that way, you know? And I think that's something, because we're talking about just going out and doing it. I think that's a big thing for um, my generation, millennials, who's like anybody age 22. And the, the above number, like, varies from study to study, but it's from like 22 to 35 or 37 that um, we have this uh, notion in our head where it's like, I need to know exactly what I'm doing. Like, this is the thing. Like, this is where it's at. Like, I want to be full. Like, we want to be full in on something, but if it's not everything that we want immediately, then we're not even going to put one foot in, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just speaking to my generation right now and and everybody has this issue as well, but I know uh, my generation really um, struggles with that and really uh, lets it hold, lets it hold us back, you know, and just taking steps like, Hey, uh, just taking a few steps is going to be better than just sitting back and waiting for a perfect thing to be given to Mm -hmm. you. You know, it's like, that's not how it's going to happen. I think it's because we live like in a a very customizable, Mm -hmm. like a generation where we can get everything how we want it like to the T. And if this thing doesn't have it, we can get it here. I heard someone say it really great. They said, following Christ is uh, God handing you a contract that's blank, you signing it, giving it back to him, and then letting him fill it out. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense Mm. where it's like, all right, Lord, whatever. I don't know what I'm signing up for, but I'm down to do it, you know? And I think that it's like that type of heart that is necessary to really make change or make a difference in mm-hmm. communities or cities and stuff, you know? Yeah. And just like we said, it's like attainable in Riverside County and in a lot of counties. Like we could do that. It's attainable yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing to me. And I think one thing that I wanted to bring up too is, uh, so I read a study that said 25% of those aging out will be homeless within the first year. Mm-hmm. And within four years, uh, 50% of those mm-hmm. will be homeless. And that's amazing to me. And there's another thing too, because human trafficking like, has a lot of uh, focus right now, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot a lot of people talking about it, which is great. Um, but uh, in the US, 60% of human trafficking um, rescues, like just the ones who are rescued, 60% of them. Kids from the foster yeah, care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. are kids from foster mm-hmm. care. And I think that's so important to note that, hey, um, because we're talking big about human trafficking, that these kind of things go hand in hand, you know? Absolutely. In, in fostering kids, in adopting a child, you're fighting human trafficking yep. as well, you know? Absolutely, well, yeah. Yes, and I think not only that, you're fighting, uh, you're fighting drug addiction. A lot of these people, you know, they end up becoming drug mm-hmm. addicts, alcoholics, homelessness. So you're fighting homelessness, drug. You're fighting, you're fighting abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, you're fighting all of those things with a real root problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think we see it that way. Sometimes we see the you know the fruits of things as the problem when there's a root. Yeah. And there's like a common denominator with a lot of these things, and that's mm-hmm. 
you know, that's mm -hmm. orphans. That's the fatherless. And the let's motherless. not even talk about how kids are just disappearing out of the foster system. Just mm -hmm. gone. Who knows? But it's right? true. It's crazy. I mean, honestly, both of my boys, the anger issues they had when they moved in with me, I'd be hard pressed to think they wouldn't be in jail if they'd aged out. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And then now you got them opening up the window, yelling out the window. Right. You're going to be right. great, mom. Right. Right. From I have soccer practice. Specifically from one of them who, when I first met, didn't say an absolute word. Like, didn't say a word at all. Nothing. Yeah. No eye contact. Nothing. nothing. He wouldn't even talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, David, who comes in now and is, like, a self-proclaimed mama's boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is, though. He's he my is. guy. Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. So... Yeah, I mean, the difference, I remember him going to therapy specifically one day and her coming out and saying to me, I don't think he needs to be here anymore. Oh. And he looked right at me and he goes, yeah, I'm just not angry anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And he wasn't. Uh -huh. Like he just, yeah. his, and he has like the sweetest spirit that was just being crushed yeah. in the mm -hmm. foster care system, you know? He was mad and angry and in trouble. And then when you got to who he really was, like, he's the sweetest out of all five of my kids, honestly. He's a teddy bear. Yeah. But you wouldn't have known it. Mm -mm. So. But yeah. But you had a point. You're talking about, what was the original the statistics point? statistics. Mm. Oh, about human trafficking? Yes. How yeah. it all comes from the foster system, pretty much. Like 60% majority. Of just the ones who are rescued mm -hmm. right. yeah. in the United States. Like, it's probably more than that but we only have the statistics for those who are mm -hmm. rescued obviously right yeah which many don't yeah back you know and so Gosh. yeah you're you're fighting multiple things when you um adopt a child mm -hmm. and i think even just you talking about that that healing because it's healing it's healing that's going on within yeah. um the kids lives um is just a testament of how powerful god is and how god can is he wants to use us you know Hands and feet were the hands and feet of Jesus. He wants to use us as that. And I think that should be inspiring enough to be like, oh man, like let's let's do this. Let's make a change, you know? Yeah, if everyone I saw posting on social media about human trafficking right now would just adopt a child out of the foster care system. Uh-oh. Oh. It's like, oh, you want to put an end to it, do you? Like, oh, how much do you care? It's so funny. It reminds me of when you make a post on Facebook or Instagram about like your journey or the kids or something and like someone comments like just, oh, I don't know how you do it, but good job or something like that. I just think like, oh, I know Kristen is like disgusted. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that every single person can adopt. Like I get that there are circumstances, mm -hmm. but... I do think that there's a whole lot more of us that could be doing something. Yeah. I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago about how like Christians, especially rightfully so don't get me wrong, but we'll fight so hard for abortion. You know, they'll fight so hard. No, like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And then they just end up in the foster system. And it's like, you feel better about yourself now? <laughs> like You feel better, huh? You know, Yeah, you need to care and about I, that I'm not, life. I think I said through. that a little bit harsh, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is like the no to abortion is a, a start. Like mm -hmm. that's like if you're saying no to this, then I hope that you're saying yes to being a part of the solution, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and I, uh, for myself and Raina that we've talked about this as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that's obviously something we're going to be doing. Um, but I, I think the thing is, is like like you're saying about posting about human trafficking. Okay, are you going to be a part of the solution? Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. because it's you're right. I think I get frustrated because it's you're right. It's so attainable. It really is hard. Yes, extremely difficult, inconvenient. Yes, attainable. Yes, mm -hmm. it can be done. Yeah, I oh, mean Jesus. when we yeah <laughs> right. when we made the decision, like I said, it didn't look it it looked ridiculous on paper. Like <laughs> we were older, we were going to be empty nesters. Were we really going to start all over? and do this again. You didn't even have a connection with the child at that time. It wasn't like you I met and you were like, him. I knew mm -mm. it, which would make it a little bit easier, you mm -mm. know, to like dive in. But you, I, I remember you guys didn't have that with him. Not only did I not know him, but what I knew about him was that on paper, he was basically what they considered um, 
he would have been very hard to to get adopted mm-hmm. because of like the things that were going on with him. Mm-hmm. And so on paper, he I don't want to say unadoptable because nobody's unadoptable. But I mean, on paper, he was just one of those kids that was probably going to end up in the foster care system and then age out. Mm-hmm. It's just the gospel at its root is adoption. The go- At the root of the gospel is God says, I see you, I love you, I know you, and through my son, I am going to adopt you into my family. Mm-hmm. That's the root of the gospel. And so if we're not willing to go ahead and live that out also in this way, um, I mean, there's just so many kids who are, who are going to fall by the wayside. That, mm-hmm. That's what it is. And I just, I just think it breaks God's heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think right now there's there's definitely a theme of like challenging your routine, right? Just in the world, in our nation specifically. There's a there's just a lot out there. It's like, man, we got to do things differently. Like I think God's opening up a lot of uh people's hearts and minds to just a lot of things that they never realized, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like you said, I think it's just God pointing us back to the gospel like, "Hey, you guys need to get this mm-hmm. get this right. You guys need to be more active, be more um, willing to pursue uh, what he would want us to pursue, you know? Yeah. R- rather than just uh, we show up on Sunday, uh, maybe go to a group or whatever, you know, and then maybe go next Sunday. Unless something else comes up. Yeah. <laughs> unless do those unless your favorite show is on that night. Yeah. You're tired. Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to put that out there. <laughs> And God's challenging the routine, you know? He, You guys have routines? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys get that? Because <laughs> my house is chaos. There's and, no routine. And like you said, it's still like beautiful though. You know, it's still amazing. Because mm-hmm. you have those moments, like like you said, when you walked out or um, when one of your kids was telling you a story and you're just there um, hearing them out and crying. Like mm-hmm. that provides healing right there, you mm-hmm. know? And that's beautiful in and of itself. Yeah, it is. I mean, my favorite times are when they come plop down in my room and decide that they, they're going to tell me something about <laughs> their past. Mm-hmm. Because to me, that's so sacred because it's mm-hmm. such a hard thing for them to talk about. And it's such a hard thing for them to dive into. And so the fact that they've decided that they trust me enough with that and they just randomly come plop down and start telling me mm-hmm. um is really just like the most beautiful thing because mm-hmm. that just wouldn't have been happening, mm-hmm. you know, for them. They would have just still been holding all of that in. and Yeah, because it, it's like it no longer needs a therapy appointment, mm-hmm. no longer needs, not mm-hmm. not saying at all, but right. Um, that's probably where those moments came at first, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure when it's like in a structured, organized, like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to do these exercises or these lessons or, and now it's just like the relationship is built. Mm-hmm. It has a foundation they know you got their back, you know, because you fought for them, you you love them, and now they're just like, that's my person, you know, like I could go in there and say whatever. Even sometimes the bad behaviors really is a sign that they trust us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you they're know. trying to sneak around. <laughs> for the love. <laughs> I, did, I did my homework and I already did it. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea what goes down in our house. <laughs> it's all going to be good. It's going to be great. <laughs> It should be a reality show. We've been saying that for years. I'd make millions. Dude. Jersey millions. Shore? No. Put them in the Tracy house. <laughs> millions. Unreal. <laughs> yeah, instead they came out with Fuller House. Fuller they sh- House, They should have yeah. just done the Tracy house. The Tracy yeah. house, for sure. The fullest house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think we could wrap it up and just say that everything that we talked about is attainable. Uh, let Crispy Cat's life just be... Uh, something to glean from, maybe think about, you know, because uh, ultimately from this, uh, we're just hoping, I know my hope is because uh, my eyes have been open too and God's doing stuff in, in my life as as in everybody else's life. You but, pinky swore you're going to camp with me one year. And, and then COVID happened. I'll go next year, I promise. <laughs> you're such bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> it wow. was my fault. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Blame all of this on Dylan. <laughs> no, you can't, I guess. Um <laughs> But we're we're trying to just get you to see that it's attainable. It's something that will be tough, but will be worth it because you're providing healing and you're just living out the gospel, like Mm -hmm. Kristen said uh, multiple times throughout this. And uh, I think Jake talked about it too. It's like you don't have to 
be with an organization to feed the people in front of you or take care of the people in front of you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and also on the flip side of that, don't think that, man, you have to start this huge movement, this huge, crazy thing. And it's just so overwhelming. There's a lot of great places out there that are doing something that like, Hey, you can partner with them. And Mm -hmm. just like Crispy Cat said, it's Crossroads. They do uh, the Royal Family Kids Camp. Um, They're the big one in our area. And they're a great way to uh, to live that out, you know, and just be a part of that. And I think that's that's cool. Um, it doesn't matter what church you go to or whatever. It's, it's you're with the foster youth. You're caring for them, you know. And so we just hope that you guys are able to just think about these things um, and be the hands and feet. Is there anything else that you guys would like to close on or say? I was just going to say that I, I hope that I know we talked a lot about how it's tough and it's hard, but I hope this is really encouraging to know that if you want to make a difference, you can. Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to do that, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, man, I want to do something. Well, you can, and there's a way to do it. Um, so don't be afraid to do it. Do it. God will bless it. He will honor you. It will be hard, but he will honor it and it will mm-hmm. bless it. And it's not, not to say that you're doing it for yourself by any stretch of the imagination, but I will take care of those that are doing his work, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did talk a lot about how difficult it is, but honestly, when I look at them, I just see like how much God loves me, that he would let me be their mom and that Mm. he would let us have these kids and be able to raise them. So Mm. hard is one thing, but like the reward is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. So look places up, look things up. The internet is a wild, dangerous place, but you can also find um, good resources and how you could uh, better impact uh, whatever community that you live in. So we love you guys. Be the hands and feet. Challenge your routine. Uh, it's all attainable. I think that's just a good thing to end on. It's all attainable. Mm-hmm. And this won't be the last time we talk about this, but uh, Jake, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, friend. Raina, thanks for being here. Bye, guys. <laughs> And Crispy Cat, the goat of the the podcast episode. Great uh, story. And let her be just an encouragement to you to say like, hey, she didn't have it all together when all this was happening. She didn't even know there was going to be three. (laughs) It was like it started with one, maybe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now there's three. And it's beautiful, though. And and it's working out because, like Jake said, God will honor you who uh, those who do his work, you know. So Crispy Cat, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) But we love you guys. This has been the Still Loading Podcast. Until next time.